Marie. This is Evan Robb, and I am joined today with Laura Robb. This is the Robb Review Podcast. Welcome, Laura. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here, Evan, because I'm going to be talking about my favorite topic, reading. Absolutely. I love you. Always talk about your favorite topic and um, favorite topics, I should say, because you really do have many, but I do know that reading tends to be at the top of your list. Um, Also, you know, we haven't done a podcast for a little while because we are, of course, still in our pandemic here. And you and I, when we would do our podcasts, it was kind of fun because you would come over to my house and we would do them in my home office together. But we have decided to stretch our tech skills a little bit and uh, explore some ways that we can do this uh, from my house and from your house and, and be able to continue to get some messages out about reading, instruction, and leadership, uh, you know, the messages that we like to share in these short little podcasts. So I am excited that we can start a recording here today. And what's even more exciting is you have been very busy over the past few months, and you have a new book out with a good friend of ours, David Harrison. And uh, can you uh, let me know the title of this book? Yes, it's called Guided Practice for Reading Growth. And does it focus in on a particular particular grades? Okay, it's for grades four through eight, and it has 24 original texts written by David Harrison, who just won the prestigious Laura Ingalls Wilder Award for children's literature. Yeah, I think this is a really exciting collaboration. You know, we... Uh, my opinion, which I can always give in a podcast, is there's not enough poetry being being taught in schools, but also uh, sometimes you know people just don't really know how to effectively uh, teach poetry. You know, I can recall some examples of uh, when poet when I when a teacher was supposedly teaching me poetry. This is back to my glorious middle school days when when I've you know been very frank that I never read a book, but we would also get these tests on poetry. And we would have to memorize a poem, and every time you missed a word, you would lose five points. And so everyone had to learn the same poem, and everyone had to stand in front of the class and recite the poem and lose points for each time that they missed a word. And that would take about three classes, so it was really good time consumer for a teacher who didn't want to do too much other than uh, knock off points for each time a student missed a, uh, a word in the poem. But I digress. That is not the topic of this podcast today. Really, I want to dig a little bit into this book that you and David have written. You know, I am a middle school principal, so I'm very interested in a strategic, uh, intentional instruction in language arts classroom classrooms. I'm also interested in getting materials for my teachers that they could take action on, you know, something that gives them ideas that they can do immediately on a Monday morning. So I have a couple questions for you, and I want to just ask them, ask them if you don't mind. We have not gone over these, but I know you're pretty experienced, so you can certainly handle these. But to begin with, can you explain what guided practice is? Yes, Evan. Uh, first of all, it is part of instructional reading. So it's easy to schedule, and you don't schedule it all year. You schedule it for two to four weeks. Um, and it has two main purposes. If during mini lessons you're unsure whether your students absorbed or understood what you were modeling, you can put together a guided practice lesson that uses a short text and will give you more information about where students are so you can make instructional decisions. 
if one of your instructional decisions is that students need more practice or intervention, then what you do is you pre present two or three lessons, which would take three days out of a week for two or three weeks uh, to boost students' uh, ability to apply a strategy to, strategy to build their vocabulary uh, and background knowledge, as well as their fluency. Thanks a lot. You know, and I, I think, um, you know, sometimes I don't hear the word guided practice used so much. I hear guided reading, and I think sometimes people can assume that those two words are interchangeable. Uh, but you've added certainly added some clarity to that. Yeah, it's not um, it's not guided reading, but the teacher is there um, to guide the students through the lesson. Uh, but it is different from guided reading, and because it doesn't happen all the time. So let me ask you, so how does, how does guided practice help students in a language arts classroom? Well, every guided practice lesson builds fluency because the students, the teacher reads the text aloud and the students follow silently. So they become familiar with it. Then as you go through the lesson, they will uh, choral read uh, together or if it's a poem, they might share reading uh, stanzas with each other. Through the three or four days that the lessons take, the students are practicing fluency, but for very purposeful reasons. It also builds vocabulary. Every lesson has uh, vocabulary and word work and background knowledge. And what I've done in these lessons and based on working with students um, is that every lesson to build background knowledge has a suggested short video. It's a great equalizer because uh, everybody has access to the background knowledge and since video and visuals are what these kids respond to and are very used to, it works beautifully and they enjoy it very much. So as you were, you know, I guess this is more of a, I mean, we're interested in like a motivational idea from you here. You know, when you were thinking about this book, so like what's your motivation to develop these kind of lessons? Uh, you know, what kind of, what kind of needs have you seen? I know you've been in many uh, capital letters, uh, language arts classrooms. So you've had the opportunity to see language arts uh, instruction occurring um, for many, many years. So what motivated you to develop these kind of lessons? Hey, you know, there were two things that motivated me. One, the nature of the children I have been working with for the last um, three or four years. And that is children coming into fifth and sixth grade, reading three, four or five years below grade level. Um, and this is the last chance I think that you have to move them forward and get them on or very close to grade level over a three-year period. And uh, what really started me thinking about guided practice, I had written about it, Evan, many years ago in my first teaching reading in middle school book. And, and I think it was popular for a while, but then I read a, a wonderful book by Jan Birkins and Kim Yaris called Who's Doing All the Work? And I realized that guided practice would be terrific because the lessons are short, focused, use short texts, 
and asked the kids to do the work. And that's what needed to happen for them to make progress. You know, I think you had, you had told me, I, I know in one of our car conversations, because to anyone who's listening, you and I always talk when I go to work in the morning and when I come home from work in the afternoon on the on the phone. Um, I, I am not holding my cell phone, just so everyone knows. I'm fortunate to have a Bluetooth connection in my car, so it's, it is done through my speakers. But you had mentioned one day that you were coming up with two kinds of lessons in this book. Can, can you elaborate, elaborate yes. a little bit on that? Yes, the first lesson I call partner discussion lessons, and the teacher does a little more explicit teaching uh, in that lesson, and students work together to develop their ability to discuss a text, cite text evidence, uh, use context clues uh, to determine the meaning of words. It, it's, uh, it's really practice with thinking deeply about text, not regurgitating and retelling, but using the information to problem solve, to infer, to compare and contrast, uh, to discuss their emotional reactions uh, to a text. So the focus really is on building always vocabulary, background knowledge, but their ability to discuss. And each lesson in the book has a series of prompts that students can choose from. Choice is big um, during these lessons because I, I believe that the more choice we can give students, the more invested they become uh, in the process. The second kind of lesson is built on shared reading where the students work independently unless the text is too challenging and then they'll need a partner's support. But the purpose of shared reading is to go through a text, if it's a poem stanza by stanza, if it's a, a short text, paragraph by paragraph, and the teacher poses uh, interpretive and high-level questions, and the student's responsibility is to take a moment to think, a few moments, and respond. In addition to that, there is <clears throat> notebook writing, and so each shared reading lesson has a section that shows teachers how to cold write for a model for students and then the students have choices in writing in their notebooks. So you see the difference between the lessons. Um, you, uh, it depends on what your students need. Those are the lessons that you choose. There's no order. Uh, in the beginning of the book, there's a huge grid um, all the strategies, all the techniques, uh, all everything that has to do with what good readers do is listed, and the poem or short text that that does this kind of work for a child is also listed. So it's it's very teacher friendly. Yeah, it's really interesting, you, you know. And I, I like the concept. I, I mean, I love the concept of choice. You know, certainly uh, that that's an important element to have in a language arts classroom. I also like the idea of empowering students, but it sounds to me like you have some interesting kind of duality here that this book will, um, will, will give teachers choice also and, and can empower them to use this in a way that, that works for them and that makes sense for them. You know, one of the things that many, 
many teachers struggle with and many administrators struggle with what I'm going to say too when they are trying to uh, get people to think differently about instruction or potentially how time is used in their class and, and it has to do with how do you find time you know, during a week to do this you know maybe something needs to go and that's certainly something you and I've talked about in podcasts before but if this is going to be a part of a language arts program language arts class guided practice how much time would need to be put in kind of walk me through a, a week about how much time this would take within a, a classroom okay well the first thing the teacher has to decide is does the whole class need this lesson um, because they all didn't get the mini lesson uh, and then the teacher will find out uh, uh, whether everybody needs extra support or the teacher might know only a small group need, uh, uh, needs this extra practice. So the kids who are not in the extra practice should do independent reading because you and I know, Evan, the power of that. Okay, lessons take from 15 to a max of 30 minutes. And I recommend you set aside three consecutive days in a week so that you can complete an entire uh, guided practice lesson, be it shared reading or partner discussion. So you can see that this is not something that goes on every day uh, all year long. So for, for diagnostics, you would need one week uh, in order to use it as an intervention to support and boost students' reading. Um, expertise, then you might have two to four consecutive weeks. And then you'll stop and go back to instructional reading. So if your instructional reading time is 30 minutes, then probably out of three days, one of those days, you'll be using the entire time. The other day is only part of the time. So it comes out of your instructional reading block. and. It is very important for these children. First of all, um, the kids I was working with were having trouble reading long texts. The books that they started reading were like 48 pages. That was a stretch. And then I would get them to 64 pages. But the guided practice lessons started building their stamina and their self-confidence when they realized they could discuss, they could cite text evidence, they could figure out a word quickly using context clues. So, um, these, so there's a real trade-off and I think a, a, a big benefit to all of this. That's really interesting. You know, I, I really appreciate you kind of helping understand, helping me understand and people that are listening, how this can actually fit into, you know, a language arts classroom. And really sounds like some really exciting information in this book. I know this book is getting ready to come out. So we're kind of sharing some information about this book, which of course, I have the ability to do because I know the author and uh, be able to get some information out about guided practice and how that can become part of a language arts classroom. So this book will be available on Amazon. I think it actually is now if for pre-order. Am I correct about that? Yes, pre-order. And then it goes to the warehouse uh, September 22nd, and then the books will start going out. Um, 
But there's one more thing I'd like to say, Evan, that I did a lot of surveys uh, with students about topics they were interested in. Uh, and then I took their interests and looked in general at uh, the kinds of things that kids are studying in history and in science uh, and in language arts. And David uh, and I had many conversations until we figured out the, the kinds of topics he was going to write about. The one thing that I think is really important is a lot of these topics students are interested in, but they don't have a lot of background knowledge um, to read the work independently. And what we're doing is we're building that background knowledge and broadening their ability to deal with a variety of texts in different subjects. Yeah, that's great. Very well said. Well, listen, this will be bringing to a close our Rob Review podcast. You know, I really appreciate the opportunity always to have a conversation with you, and I am very proud because I know that this is just going to be a fantastic book. Uh, this project, of course, that you did with our good friend David David L. Harrison, and encourage people to check out that book. Um, as I always like to share, if you are interested in following Laura on Twitter, she is at L. Rob Teacher. She's very active on Twitter. I'm Evan Rob, and I am available at. E. Rob Principal, if you want to follow me on Twitter also. Laura, thanks for spending some time as we wrap up the Rob Review Podcast. Thanks, Evan, and thanks for taking time to give me the opportunity to share the, uh, this book, which I think uh, will really help children. Yeah, I think really, and, and right back at you, thank you for giving me some time to be able to learn a little bit about guided practice and also to uh, celebrate uh, the release of a new book with, with people that like to listen to this podcast. We will have many more podcasts coming up over the next year because we are clearly back in business with a, with being able to do these, even if we are still um, uh, doing them remotely. We will be focusing heavily, as we always do, on reading, reading instruction, bringing cultures of reading into your building, and uh, all those positive changes that need to occur for students, staff, and communities uh, in order to advance reading across our entire country and really the world. So thank you so much, Laura. It's a pleasure, Evan. Thank you for doing this. Absolutely. This brings to a close the Rob Review Podcast.